Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Today's episode has been sponsored by Jay McLaughlin. Jay McLaughlin is a timeless lifestyle brand with incredible style and a spirit of connection. I am obsessed with Jay McLaughlin and have been so honored that they are sponsoring my Zibiverse tour. It just so happens that the tour goes to so many communities and areas of the country that have Jay McLaughlin stores. And I love that the brand is philanthropic through Jay McLaughlin's local and loyal programming host store events to give back to organizations that are meaningful to Jay McLaughlin's local communities. I also love the fact that the clothes are just so chic. They make me feel polished and modern. And the best part is that most of the line comes in fabrics that don't wrinkle. I especially love the dresses, the cashmere sweaters, the other sweaters. You'll see them all over my Instagram. I typically tag at Jay McLaughlin. And so you can check it out. It is absolutely one of my favorite brands and I am over the moon excited to be working with them. In fact, I want to share the love with all of you. Jay McLaughlin is giving 20% off new customers and listeners of my podcast with special code ZIBBY20, capital Z-I-B-B-Y 20. That's 20% off for new customers and listeners of the podcast with special code capital Z Zibby 20. Take advantage of it today. My favorites are this white open long cashmere sweater that I've been wearing on every flight that I've taken on this tour. I have a blue with light blue horizontal striped sweater, several dresses. I even wore on Morning America. Check it out. Jay McLaughlin. Thanks so much. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in San Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Goldie Taylor is the author of The Love You Save, a memoir. 
Goldie is a veteran journalist, cable news political analyst, and human rights activist who has covered national politics and social justice issues for over 30 years. She has been featured on nearly every news network and talk show, and she has written for Salon, Ebony, The Griot, The Huffington Post, The Atlantic Journal-Constitution, The St. Louis Post-Dispatch, and most recently as editor-at-large for The Daily Beast. Welcome, Goldie. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss The Love You Save, a memoir. Thank you so much, Zibby, for having me. This is terrific. Oh, well, it's such an honor to talk to you. And oh my gosh, your memoir was just so open and raw and vulnerable. And oh my gosh, it was beautiful. Really beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that. It's been a, uh, it's been quite a road, as you can imagine, writing a memoir such as this and then working through present day issues with family. Yeah, you know, and so it has been a little murky to navigate emotionally. Yeah, but I think all in all, probably one of the most rewarding experiences of my life. Wow take take listeners through what this book is really about. But also, I'm curious why why na- like why did you write it now? What made you ready to face all of the murkiness that you probably thought would lay ahead? And why share your story at all? You know what I think is there comes a time. Everyone comes from someplace. Everybody has a story. Everybody has a piece of brokenness somewhere if they've lived long enough. Going back now for me was a time for me to become the witness for myself that I didn't have coming up. And so I didn't see a reflection of myself in family and the community surrounding me because all of these things, all of this trauma had happened in secret Mm -hmm. and it wasn't talked about, that it wasn't dealt with. And Thus, wasn't reflected back to me that something happened here and something very bad is wrong. I had to go back and be my own witness to be the grown up that I would have wanted to have had when I was a kid and to tell the story from that perspective. Along the way, I have to tell you that there were pages when I just had to stop myself and take a breath. I bet. There were days when I simply could not get out of bed. That. I just wanted, though, just to keep going, right? And the more I went back, the more I remembered and was able to sort of set those bones into place. And by the time it was over, by the time I finished that first draft for the publisher, I took a huge sigh of relief that it had been laid down really exactly as I had experienced it. Oh, my gosh. Do you, looking back on it now, having gotten it all down and out, Do you look back with any sort of, I mean, forgiveness is the wrong thing. There's nothing to forgive. Like uh, compassion, that's the right word. Do you feel like compassion and like a a different view of your your younger self now that you're a grown-up essentially looking back and thinking about what, does does the change in perspective change the narrative for you at all or how you feel about it? I think it really does. You know, I say that when I was a little girl, I was just an angry child that you could smell the madness coming off my bones really going back now seeing myself as an 11 year old girl attacked mm-hmm. my neighborhood and then revictimized by an older cousin the casual cruelty of my aunt Geraldine the disconnection I felt with my mother and sister and how I sort of took refuge under my grandma Alice's skirt Mm-hmm. When I look back at all of that now, I see and feel not only a level of compassion for myself and even, yeah, forgiveness for myself because I thought it was dirty. 
you know, I thought I was small and insignificant and mattered to nobody. I thought at one point that I belonged to nobody and to nothing and nowhere specifically. Oh, it's so heartbreaking. <laughs> but to look back now and see and hear the traumas that my aunt and mother endured, older cousins endured to, you know, sort of understand really where they were coming from then. What I know now more than I think ever before is that my mother gave me every single thing she ever had to give. And if she didn't give it, it's because she didn't have it to give. Mm -hmm. And so I have a, a severe level of compassion for the woman that she had to be, but also for that of my aunt, who early on in this book doesn't, doesn't come off very well, right, or very loving. But if you knew her the way that I did until she passed away just a couple of years ago, you know that she was a woman who loved hard and that if you were hers, she would never let you go, never, ever let you go. And that she would spend the full of her days doing her darnest to keep you safe and from harm. And for her and for the others in my family, it wasn't about teaching children how to thrive because that was never the question. The question was, would they survive? <sighs> and so these were people from the country who only believed in making sure their children lived to see the next day. It was that basic for them. And yet, here you are today with this hugely amazing career and, you know, thriving is an understatement. And you came from like the most awful situations. There was this one passage, and this may be sort of triggering in terms of sexual abuse, but if I could just read this one paragraph. Yeah. By the summer of 1981, the warring in my head was near constant. I had sharp memories about the day I was raped. And at times I awoke screaming in the dark. I was afraid to go outside, went days without bathing and rarely ate. My tangled, unwashed hair fell out in clumps. I don't remember crying or even talking much. I mostly kept it to myself. It was safer that way, I thought. I was scared that somebody might touch me. Oh, it is heartbreaking, Goldie, my gosh. You know, we lived in a house full of people in my Aunt Geraldine's house. My aunt, my uncle, my grandmother, her children uh, who were in their teens by then, late teens by then, and all of these grandchildren of my aunts and all of these cousins and, and such that there was, there was a gaggle of people in this house. And so there's really no place to be alone. It was hard to go through a day where you just didn't brush up against somebody because the house was just so crowded. And so I took to books. My aunt had a uh, stairwell that sort of went upways and cut to the left. Well, at that cut, there's a landing. It's covered in red plush carpet, right? <laughs> she made a sweep and vacuum every day. <laughs> I would grab a book and sit in that cut, sit in that landing to get away from all the other people in the house. And as long as I was there reading, my aunt let no one bother me. It was my it was my own secret refuge, even though I could be seen. You know, it was a private fence for myself. And so, yeah, it was that was where I healed in the solace of that landing. But early on, I was afraid that they knew mm. and that they blamed me and that I had done something terribly bad, something that would bring shame to our house, to my mother, to my uncle who reared me. I was so afraid of that shame that 
I didn't let anybody in on it. I didn't open up about anything to anybody. My aunt used to say that, you know, children are to be seen and not heard. Well, that was exactly me. I did not want myself to be heard in fear of being judged even more. Well, I'm so sorry that you had this experience. I I just, it's heartbreaking. And the way you wrote about it, it's like we all were living through it on your shoulder as you went through it. And it, it hurts. It like physically hurts the reader almost to go through it. A lot of this books are centered on this period of childhood for you. And yet we know what's happened, to, like the fast forward of life, but there wasn't a lot in between. So how, how did you go from, you know, as you said, 11-year-old girl, 16-year-old girl, everything that you wrote about in the book to your career now? And what do you do with all those feelings as you go through it? Like, how did, like, what happened? Give me the PS, the whole well, thing. <laughs> the PS, the there was a lot of stumbling, a lot of falling. There was a lot of what I call self-torture. You torture yourself over the years for this. There was a lot of compartmentalizing and tucking away. I did as my mother did. I tucked it in and I kept moving. You know, I raised my children. I got married and had children. I went back to college. I started a career as a journalist at the Atlanta Journal-Constitution in Atlanta, making $7.50 an hour, 25 hours a week was the cap, right? And so I started from the beginning just at my mother had, and I kept swinging. And there was one day, though, when things just caught up with me. I'd been on NBC News. I had been on you know, Good Morning America, the Today Show, All Things Considered, the BBC, you name it, I had been on that show talking about social issues of nearly every stripe. But one morning it all caught up with me. My own story stopped me in my tracks and I had to write it down. I wrote the first essay for the Daily Beast back in 2019. And that essay became this memoir. I would say to anybody reading this book, because I wanted to take you in the moment so you could see, feel, smell everything that I was experiencing. We know how this story ends. We know that I raised three amazing children and three glorious grandchildren. We know that I not only survive, but I thrive. I want everybody to keep their eye on that true north. That no matter how bad it got for me, the cousins, my siblings, no matter how desperate things became, we all made it. And my aunt my aunt lived to be a very old woman. <laughs> my mother's going to live to be a very old woman. That despite everything that they experienced, we all made it. Some of us less than whole, for sure. But I think an old friend told me, everything may not may not be perfect again but it will be all right if you let it. I decided to let it be okay. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I love what you said, that there's a difference between, you know, being whole and being perfect and just being okay. And sometimes that's the best we can do, and that's okay, and that's good. And I also loved what you said at the beginning about how we all come to life with all of our broken bits and... You know, sometimes I look around and I'm like, <laughs> everybody walking down the street, everybody in this bus or everybody in this airplane or whatever, everyone, like if you just looked at the cracks of all the people, all the damage that's been done, it's amazing that we all can like operate as a society. Maybe it's why things are falling apart the way they are, but I don't it's know. amazing. <laughs> and we can still get on the bus the next day, right? Yeah. It's amazing that we still wake up to take on these days. Oprah Winfrey said once, courage doesn't always roar. Sometimes it's that gentle voice in the morning that says, I will try again. Every morning is a new try again for me. And so I, I get to start over every day. And the thing is, there's somebody out there listening and somebody out there reading your book or listening to your audiobook or whatever, and they're hearing this and it's making all the difference. It's going to make all the difference. That's exactly what we're hoping for when yeah. people say, you know, Goldie. Why write a book like this? Why talk about the dirty laundry? Why talk about the bad things? Because I want other people to know that there's an opportunity for them, that they're not alone, that they have safe harbor to be their own witness, to tell their own story. And some of it may be still unfolding, right? But that these are not the things that we should be hiding from, but the warts and all that we should be embracing about ourselves. Perfection is in the imperfection. And so I am hoping that this book reaches young people, people, I'm 55, so I'm turning 55. So I, I hope that it reaches another Goldie and says, you have another opportunity. And what about the part about the shame that you felt? Is there any way to just let people know that the shame is they don't need to feel the shame? Like they're that's so ill-placed. You know, it might be an instinct to feel that way, but they could just let shame go of that. Is, shame is taking some of the blame. Mm -hmm. Shame is taking culpability in your own victimization. And I just don't buy that, right? And for many years, especially in my early 20s, I was an incessant person. I showered incessantly every day, multiple times a day. And I had no idea why, right? Oh, I'd say I'm just sweaty. Or I was trying to scrub off the shame, scrub off what I thought was the guilt. But 55-year-old me looks back and says, what was an 11-year-old girl really guilty of? Other than wanting to ride her bike to the park and show it off for her friends. And so, you know, there comes a time when I think as we mature and as we grow and that we sort of begin to look at these events in their appropriate perspective. 
And that's where the shame went for me. The shame for me went with what will a 12 or 13 year old girl really know about making choices, about how she should or shouldn't be treated? You know, how, what would she really know about these things? And so I gave myself the benefit of the doubt in my later years that I couldn't give myself early on. And then what was it like having kids at the same age when all of this happened to you? You know, my daughter wrote her memoir, came out two weeks before mine. It's called The In-Between. She writes it at the same age as I have written mine, between the time she's around 13 years old. And what she catalogs without knowing what's in my book, what she catalogs is how trauma is passed down through generations. Yeah. What she catalogs is she had a mom just like mine who was fighting to survive, cope, and make it, who was reconciling herself, navigating her own rivers of grief, mourning, and shame, and that she too would begin to mourn and grieve her own. And as she was coming of age, Maybe things could have been better. Maybe I could have you know, kept a better house or, or had, had a better boyfriend or a better job, maybe. But she understands about me as I now understand about my mother. Every single thing I had, my children got every ounce of it. And so, you know, for her, it was the same kind of living and reliving. But we know what happens at the end of her story, too. She goes to Brown University on a early admit, right? She becomes an educator and runs a charter school in San Francisco. We know how her story transforms. And so I think that's the glory in all of that of having raised three incredibly bright children who are all writers, by the way, but who all have a sense of self-power. They're meeting this world, I say, on their own terms, but they have a genuine sense that they are in charge of their own destinies. And I hope that I've played a part in giving them that. Did they know the events that happened in the book? Had you talked to them about it? We hadn't discussed it. No? No. Oh my gosh. We had never discussed it. They had some inkling about our family matters because we were so distant in so many ways. You know, we'd come for holidays, but we really didn't have that big of a relationship with family during that time. So they knew that we were a bit of an island and that we were different in some ways, but they had no idea about what had gone on in my Aunt Geraldine's house. They had no idea that I hadn't been wholly raised by my mother, that I lived with my aunt almost the majority of, you know, my childhood. They didn't know that I'd been assaulted, not once, but multiple times. They had no idea about that. What they did know is that I had a disconnection with our family that they just couldn't put their finger on exactly. Mm -hmm. And so today they all do. I had some very tough conversations with them before I wrote the book. After I wrote the first essay, I let them read it. Mm -hmm. And then they said, you know, you have to publish this, don't you? I said, sure, I do. The tougher conversations have come with my mom, who now has a brand new ration of guilt. And, you know, just last evening, I had another conversation with her and with my older daughter to say, you aren't culpable here, Mm -hmm. that you did the things, made the choices you you knew needed to be made to keep your daughter as safe as possible. And so, sure, there were some, some tough conversations, but my children, they had no idea. Wow. That must have changed the dynamic between all of you. I mean, to 
imagine opening up if I mean if my mother were to all of a sudden tell me all this. I don't know, it would just change everything. I feel like it would just I don't know. It changes your whole relationship when you get to know someone in a new way. Obviously. Yes, but the transparency breeds even greater intimacy. Mm-hmm. Yes. My children and I are, <laughs> we're best friends, oh, you know, all so of nice. us. And so I think that became exceedingly helpful as you begin to unspool a story like this. But the transparency, the authenticity, I've always been known for that. I've always been known to say the ugly thing out loud. So when I decided, yeah, we're going to write this, my children were not surprised. They weren't surprised at all. Interesting. So now that you wrote it and it's out there and everything, I feel like this must have been something that had been weighing on you for a long time to like get it out. How do you feel now that it's out there? And like, where do you go from here? Do you do you write more books? Like, do you want to share more stories? I mean, there's so much you didn't cover in this book. You could really add some more installments. <laughs> there, there is more. My my publisher and I, you know, sort of haggled over which, how much to tell now or what should ah. be told maybe in another volume. I think my next story probably is surrounding myself and my kids and how we began to navigate the world together. Mm-hmm. I'm now raising my nine-year-old granddaughter. The circumstances behind why I am 55 and raising a nine-year-old, that's another story to tell. But it will have to wait. It will have to wait until, you know, she is of an age where she can decide that she'd like the world to know her story. Mm -hmm. And so it will wait just a little while. In between now and then, maybe I'll write a little more fiction. Nice. Amazing. What advice do you have for aspiring memoirists in particular who are wrestling with the story, trying to find a way to tell it. Maybe it's hard. Maybe it's just, what, what's your advice? There are good drafts and there are no drafts. And so, <laughs> <laughs> write it down in pieces if you have to, in through the hours of the night, if you must, in notebooks. I wrote part of this book on subways, on the notes in my cell phone. And so write it in snatches if you must. Take time for yourself. Give yourself space. Forgive yourself as you go along when you stumble upon a piece of hurt that, you know, you might feel overwhelming. Or your story just might be a joyful one. Write that one too, right? And you may decide that, well, it's a story you don't want the world to really know, but you've been your own witness in the end. And so what I'd say is, write when you can, get the draft down. And put your full self on the page. Let yourself fly apart. When you start to edit, when you start to, you know, constrain your story, your voice, the readers will catch on to that pretty quickly. And I think they gravitate when they know that you've been vulnerable on that page. Let yourself fly apart. That is awesome. That is wonderful advice. So inspiring. Goldie, thank you so much. This has been so nice and was just as sort of deep and intimate as the book, as the experience of reading the book. So thank you. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. And I can't wait to get to Zibby's books. I'm so excited (laughs) for you. I am so excited for you. What a dream come true. I know. I can't wait. I can't wait. Thank you. (laughs) Please come visit. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. All right. Bye-bye. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Sibby. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. 
Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.